friends. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Pondering Purple, a podcast for MKs and TCKs and those who love them. As always, if you don't know what those two acronyms mean, I encourage you to press pause right now, check out the notes that come with this episode, and find the definitions there. The topic I'm going to be covering today I think is really crucial for MKs. It has to do with lack of belonging or unbelonging. And it's a very human thing, isn't it? That desire to belong, a human need. It's more than establishing ourselves in community, but it's being known and almost inherently understood by that community. It is so critical and foundational to how we view ourselves and our place in this world. Before we get to the article, I'd love to tell you a story that I think illustrates this craving for belonging that so many MKs feel. I was at a conference at Moody Bible Institute a few years ago in Chicago, and a man walked in off the street who had seen the signs for the missions conference, and he found me at the table I was keeping. And as we talked, I discovered that he was an MK. He had spent most of his formational years overseas and then had returned to the States, his passport culture, and he had gone through college and developed his own business, and he had a wife and children and a house and probably a picket fence and a dog barking behind it. He had everything that anchors us to identity and to belonging in this culture. And as we finished our conversation and he was about to leave, I asked him one last question. I asked him, how does being an MK still play out in your life? Where does it still show up in your life today? And this man who by most measurements has everything that anchors him to a place and to a community, his eyes filled up with tears and he said, I just don't feel like I belong here. After all these years, I still don't feel like I belong anywhere. And that's the importance of belonging. It anchors us to a place, to a community, even to a deeper sense of self. And to so many MKs and TCKs, it's something we just can't seem to achieve. It's for those reasons that I wrote the following article, MKs and the Ache of Unbelonging. It's also linked in this podcast notes. When I was little, I'd snuggle up to my mom in the evenings and listen to her reading, Are You My Mother? Attracted to the plight of the children's book's melancholy protagonist in a way I really couldn't fully comprehend at that age. In the story, the baby bird falls out of his nest and wanders from cat to tractor to cow and car, repeating his increasingly urgent question, Are You My Mother? Without realizing it, I identified with his pain. That sensation of lostness was all too familiar to me, even at that young age. When I saw a copy of the book in a store a few weeks ago, my instant reaction was an urge to reach through the glossy cover and comfort the hapless hero. I saw a bit of myself in him, a lifetime spent wondering if new places and people groups would be my mother, my place of belonging and sameness. In many respects, MKs are not much different from this forlorn fellow. We hover between clusters of those who know their place and fit their social context, hoping that someone will want us or include us despite our difference. We try to act like it doesn't really matter, or we try to be tough and endure it, but we still live our lives in a more or less conscious pursuit of belonging. 
Of all the traits third culture kids and missionary kids share, I think this one is among the most powerful. It's born of our multicultural, multinational, multi-experiential, and really multi-identificational backgrounds that both expand our worlds and limit our full adaptation to any of them. One of my first conscious thoughts about my TCK identity came at a young age when I realized while on furlough that I'd never be fully American and that the French would never consider me fully French either. Weird in America, weird in France— Is it any wonder that MK communities like MK schools become such a haven of sameness to this people group? Unfortunately, that level of identification can also set us up for a lifetime of discontent because, and I don't want to sound pessimistic here, but it's a sense of wholeness we may never know again, at least not in the same way. Multicultural dwellers face three distinct options in their quest for belonging. The first is to conform— The second is to intentionally unconform, and the third is to straddle the cultural divide. Let's start with conforming. In some ways, it's the easiest option. MKs are fairly good at it, too, at least on a surface level. We're observers by nature. Whether it be trying out new fast food restaurants or voting in elections for the first time, I still live by the old motto, watch first, act second. I'll relinquish my place in line as often as I need to until I figured out how normal people do it and can proceed as they do. That's really just cultural savvy, isn't it? Or practical conformity? A complete conformity is a more dangerous version of the classic MK ability to adapt. In this case, we'll either consciously or subconsciously discard those parts of ourselves that link us to other cultures and modes of life in order to be fully European, fully American, or fully Asian. You'll see this in the MK from Ecuador, who moves to the States and wears nothing but Ecuadorian garb in an outward sign of her allegiance to that country. You'll see it in the Turkish MK, who refuses to return to his passport culture and stops using English altogether, thereby losing contact with the North American branch of his family and identity. Or you'll see it in the TCK in her passport country who never refers to the foreign places that framed her worldview and shaped her personality. The danger in full conformity is in what we have to relinquish to achieve it. In order for me to have fully adapted to my French culture or to my Canadian passport culture, for instance, I might have had to restrict my appearance, my political views, my gender role opinions, my culinary tastes, and some of my social behaviors to what that culture expected of me. Once I was finished erasing the old and embracing the new, there would have been very little left of the richness of a multicultural upbringing, the broadened understanding and artistic, social, political palette that is so unique and so prized. Conformity would have cost me every bit of the beautiful complexity that can come from being an MK, but it would also have earned me a sense of belonging and sameness, and for that sense, MKs are willing to sacrifice an awful lot. The second option is unconforming, and it's a fascinating phenomenon to me. It goes something like this. There's no way I'm ever going to fit in. People on both continents tell me I'm weird. Weird in Brazil, weird in Korea— Well, let me show you weird. And the MK sets out to be as odd as he or she can be. It's a self-defense mechanism that has serious backfiring potential, but I can see its appeal. 
Whereas being the victim of our difference feels painful and unpredictable, being the architect of the difference gives us a sense of control. So we exaggerate our weirdness in order to call it a choice, not an affliction. Sometimes it's strange clothes or eccentric behavior. Sometimes it's a threatening attitude, weird tastes, or social misconduct. On some, it's endearing. On others, it's off-putting. But to MKs whose identities have been shattered and rearranged without their volition, it's a sense of finally being in control of how the world perceives them. So when someone's expression says, you're weird, they can pat themselves on the back and consider it mission accomplished because they've made difference a choice, not a painful condition. But they've also made that elusive belonging even more impossible to achieve. The final response to unbelonging is straddling, and it's probably the healthiest of the three options, but it's certainly not the easiest. It requires that we celebrate mostly belonging. Straddling allows us to retain all those facets that lend depth and breadth to our identities, while mostly adapting to the new places life takes us. In order to successfully straddle cultures, we'll have to understand each one of them, retaining those other culture quirks that are acceptable in the place where we are, and disengaging those that might be jarring or misunderstood by the natives around us, at least initially. Straddling requires that we learn new ways of life, not as a rejection of what we've known before, but as an expansion of our cultural arsenal. It's also a means of honoring the culture in which we've been placed. So, moving to Germany and not alienating our neighbors may require that we regularly sweep our sidewalks, even if they don't need it. Living in other places may require more modest dress for women, and yet others may require a bribe column in our budgeting. Mostly belonging isn't a repudiation of the multicultural aspects of our identities. It's a thoughtful, intentional choice to connect to the culture we now live in without losing the other cultures we carry within us. Because that's what makes us unique, broad-minded, tolerant, chameleon-like, and prized members of society. An initial carefulness and adherence to social norms will usually yield a more successful integration than, say, waving a Greek flag and refusing to eat anything but olives and feta. As relationships deepen and our friends know us better, we'll be able to broaden our expressions of multiculturalism without alienating others. Straddling, or mostly belonging, requires that we relinquish the baby bird's dream of a full, uncompromising sameness. As MKs, we're actually healthier when we accept that we won't ever be completely one or the other of our natures, when we acknowledge and celebrate those ways in which we can fit in, and when we set out to live enthusiastically in that space between belongings. In that attitude, in that openness, there is great joy, and yes, belonging. Thank you so much, friends, for taking the time to listen today. My prayer in releasing this one to the world is that those who struggle with a deep sense of unbelonging will feel heard, understood, and loved. 
And if what's been said can help you to find useful tools for moving forward as a multicultural person in a monocultural setting, I'll be thrilled. Make sure you check the episode notes for a link to this article and a couple related resources. You might also want to check out my website, michellephoenix.com, and my social media pages. They're all linked in the notes as well. Please don't hesitate to leave a comment anywhere the podcast is posted or through the contact button on my site. These articles are conversation starters, and I want to engage with you. As I wrap up this recording today, I want you to know that I celebrate the purple you are or the purple you love. Thank you for your time.